Welcome to the USA Hockey Magazine podcast, the voice of hockey in America, with your host, Harry Thompson, editor of USA Hockey Magazine. Welcome to another USA Hockey Magazine podcast. Today we're talking with Scott Pollock, an ADM regional manager who recently coached Team USA at the Youth Olympic Games in uh, Lillehammer, Norway. Hey, Scott, thanks for taking the time. Oh, thanks, Harry. So, hey, uh, it's been almost two weeks since the big USA victory over Canada to win the gold medal. Um, you've had some, hopefully had some time to look back on it. What's some of your thoughts on this uh, accomplishment? You know, Harry, when we got a chance to uh, talk about uh, before going over to the games, I, I remember uh, you know, talking about how when I got the, the opportunity to uh, coach this team, how, how excited I was and how uh, proud and honored I was to, to have an opportunity to do this. And, and now that uh, the team accomplished what they did, and more importantly, in, in, in the manner in which they did so, uh, you know, it's even even a source of more pride and uh, honor. I just uh, it was a group that uh, handled themselves so well on and off the ice. Uh, really took advantage of everything that the uh, Youth Olympic Games offered uh, to all the athletes, and I think the uh, the players, the parents, our staff, everyone uh, is coming away with uh, basically memories for a lifetime. That's great. That's great. So, can you talk a little bit about? Um, how the team was selected, uh, you know, how old these kids are, where they came from, you know, just the whole process. Yeah, I think it's important to talk about the the, Olymp- the Youth Olympic Games uh, in general. The, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's an event put on by uh, the IOC, and basically, uh, it's a it's a full fledged Olympic Games uh, for for what the IOC will use the fourteen to eighteen years old to define the Youth Olympic Games. So hockey uh, takes takes their step. The IHF then takes over, and they they have the hockey as basically a uh, under 16 event. So for this year, it's a 2,000 birth years uh, that were eligible for for all the participating teams. Uh, when we were able to uh, uh, get the word for for USA Hockey that we'll part, that we were participating again uh, in the boys tournament, the Youth Olympic Games. We, we chose a uh, we chose a subcommittee out of our uh, 15 select camp last summer in Buffalo uh, in July, and we were able to uh, come out of that with a list of players that the uh, USOC needed for registration purposes. So we had uh, a short list of players on that list, and then on December 1st, we chose a, a team of 17 players, 15 skaters, two goalies uh, that would participate. Uh, in the Youth Olympic Games. So, what type of player were you looking for to uh, to fill this roster? You know, Ariel, when you're, it's extremely difficult. I think that's a great thing about uh, where we stand with uh, with USA Hockey. We had so many players uh, that were capable of, of, of basically representing our country in this tournament. It was a very difficult choice to try to get to. Nine forwards, six defensemen, two goalies. It's awfully difficult to do. And I think the biggest thing that uh, our, our staff, uh, assistant coach J.D. Forrest, myself, and team leader T.C. Lewis, our, our biggest concern was, you know, we, we need players who can perform, who will excel in a short tournament. People who were going there for basically were two weeks uh, in trying to mold a team, form a team and, and become a cohesive team 
in a very short time. We were, there was no training camp. Our first time we got together was at the Newark airport when we were flying over to Loha. And three days of practice, and we're playing our first game. So we were looking for players we thought could uh, accept different roles, players that could uh, uh, bond easily with other players and, and form a cohesive group. And it's exactly what happened. Players responded extremely well to new surroundings and ultimately came together quickly and won a gold medal. Oh, absolutely. Well, you answered a whole bunch of my questions there with that answer. But, uh, you know, you, you talked about, you know, a lot of these players had never met before they they got together at the airport. What time? What type of team building uh, exercises did you uh, did you use to just try to make them feel more comfortable and get to get to know each other better? Well, knowing that we weren't going to have a uh, any extended period of time uh, before the games, uh, we wanted to get the players uh, well before we actually uh, got on flights. We wanted the players to get a chance to get to know each other. So we we put players uh, in groups of three and one group of two. Uh, and put them in a uh, uh, two weeks of uh, team building, electronic team building, if you will. We wanted players to uh, communicate uh, by phone, email, text, and and get to know each other in in groups of three. And then when we were able to finally get together, those groups were responsible to presenting uh, uh, their group mates to the rest of the team. And then from there on, and from that first moment, uh, we just kind of build it as, hey, this is our... This is our team building uh, every moment that we're going to be together now for the next two weeks. Every day we just want to get a little bit stronger as a team, a little bit closer as a team. And, and again, I, I, I can't stress enough the remarkable attitude that these players had and their maturity that they showed uh, accepting that responsibility, and they just got closer and closer uh, every single day. And, and really by the time we were playing that gold medal game, we, we were a very, very close team. Great, great. Well, Scott, you know, for the last number of years, you've been, you know, obviously going around the country doing a great job as as an ADM regional manager and and really, uh, you know, helping to, you know, change the way, uh, you know, people, pra- players practice and, and things of that nature. Uh, do, were you able to incorporate any any specific ADM principles into the into the few practices that you did have uh, leading up to the tournament? Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think, it was, uh, you know, what I've been able to uh, learn and, and really take in over the last seven years. You know, one of the, one of the best things about uh, our job, and as you mentioned here, we're, we're able to, uh, you know, talk to a lot of hockey people uh, around the country and to try to, you know, put people in situations they can they can get the best development methods for. Well, part of that responsibility is that we're we're very fortunate. We get to be educated uh, in this extremely important uh, line of work. So we're, we're, we're ourselves, we're hearing from the top development people. We're hearing from some of the top team-building people and, and child development people uh, every day. So we, we're learning. So there was a great, uh, a great ability that we had was to now we have a group of uh, 15-year-old players uh, what can we do for them? We actually we use a lot of those principles you said. We, our practices again because we wanted players to come together quickly. There were a lot of short, uh, small area competition-based events early on, bringing players closer together that way. Uh, that was that was a big piece of it. The other thing that was a big part of what uh, Coach Forrest and myself wanted to make sure is we provide that positive uh, atmosphere 
every single day, from our, our learning sessions uh, in the locker room to what we did on the ice. Extremely positive approach for this group. And, for this group. and again, I, I, they accepted that responsibility very well. Absolutely. Well, Scott, what was it like for you to be back behind the bench? Uh, some people may not, you know, may or may not know that before you joined USA Hockey, you coached for seven years at your alma mater, Bowling Green State University, and with uh, Boston College for eight years before that. So, so getting back behind the bench in this kind of role, what was that like for you? Well, the unique part of it uh, was our, our assistant coach, J.D. Forrest, was a, was a player that I was fortunate to coach when I was at Boston College. And it was uh, real easy uh, back in 2001 to throw J.D. on the ice as much as possible. He was such a great player. And he uh, fast forward now to where we were 2016. He's equally as good a coach. So we were uh, very fortunate to have him uh, a big part of what we were doing behind the bench. Uh, it felt extremely... Uh, good to be in that role again, but I'll tell you what, again, the players uh, made it so easy to get back in that environment uh, with the way they handled things. Uh, everything we asked them to do on and off the ice, uh, they responded extremely well. So uh, it made it very easy, uh, and I think anytime you have an opportunity to be around players talented and that committed to a common goal, uh, it's always going to make the coaching look good. No doubt, no doubt. So as an ADM manager for this, this age group, what are your duties and responsibilities uh, moving forward with these guys? Well, I'll actually, uh, the neat thing is this is an age group that uh, I will follow now uh, through the time they, they get 18 years old. So I have a chance to watch these players at the, uh, the ones who are going to be invited to the, uh, our national team development camp. Uh, have a chance to be involved with that, and then follow them through their 16 festival, uh, their 17 festival following year, and have a. What really is neat about this particular setting, we we went through a. Uh, we had 17 players that were able to walk through and take through uh, a pretty good challenge in, a, in an Olympic tournament. Now to be able to watch the entire age group and how they grow, how they mature, and see where these players are not just the 17 that were on the team, but the entire group that we were able to watch the festival uh, and, and see development really come into play for the next three, four years. You, you know, when it comes to development, obviously, you, you know, some players peak earlier than others and some players are later bloomers. Uh, but but now that you've got this, this core group of players who have had success on the international level, how do you think that bodes well for, uh, let's say, the Five Nations tournament or even the uh, Ivan Holinka tournament that will be taking place over the next couple of years? Well, I think it, it's certainly a, uh, a benchmark that, that we, had, we had a group of 15 that was able to uh, accomplish what they did uh, over the course of, of two weeks in Lillehammer. But I think it also is how difficult the process was to get to that number of players. I think we have an extremely strong group uh, at the 2008 group. There's many, many outstanding players that could have been uh, in Lillehammer and will certainly have uh, the opportunity to uh, represent the U.S. In, in future tournaments. So I think the uh, the future of this age group is extremely strong. Great, great. So, hey, getting back to the Youth Olympic Games, I was wondering what that experience was like uh, for, from your perspective. Uh, like, what was the village like, the food, the opportunity to see other sports, be around other athletes? What was that experience like? 
Well, the uh, the IOC puts on an unbelievable uh, Olympic Games uh, in in these type of events, and this uh, Youth Olympic Games 2016 was uh, was. Uh, something that, again, as I mentioned, everybody will remember. But so what you have is uh, the, the games. The whole, all the venues are basically what was uh, what was used in 1994 for the uh, for the Olympic Games uh, that were held that year. And so the same village, a lot of the same uh, infrastructure that was used for those was the same thing that we were able to take in. What I think the Youth Olympic Games does an unbelievable job in is making sure the athletes understand the, the whole event in terms of getting to know other athletes, getting to know other cultures uh, throughout. And there's a learn and share program uh, based on an activity center they have there that allows the players to interact and really come out of this uh, with obviously a great uh, athletic uh, experience, but also a social uh, experience that I think uh, is really going to, they're going to tell a lot of stories, I can tell you that. Cool. That's awesome. So, hey, can you talk about, uh, from a hockey perspective, uh, talk about the momentum that this team was able to uh, create throughout the tournament, starting with the first game, and, and as and it built up throughout the, the course of uh, of the event? Yeah, that's a great, uh, and I think a huge a huge piece of what uh, what the group was able to accomplish. I think you kind of forget that the short tournament uh, momentum, as you mentioned, is so important. And for us coming together, uh, practicing three times in Little Harbor before the first game, that was really our only uh, you know, pregame type of trainings. So we were, uh, you're always in a little bit of a situation, okay, what exactly do we have? And I think the first game that we had against Finland was such an important game. And uh, we got great goal thing in that game. We got off to a... Uh, we gave up the first goal, but we rebounded quickly. We got the lead and just played well with the lead. And I think that game was so important to just kind of put everybody to, you know what, we do have a pretty good team. We do have a really good group of players, pretty mature group of players, because, again, we rebounded from, a, from an early goal against. And I think uh, from that point on, uh, the next game against host Norway, we were able to uh, you know showcase a little bit of uh, – the offensive skill we had, and people, players got a lot of confidence. In those first two games, it really took us through uh, the next. In, in, having to beat Russia back to back within 24 hours to get to the gold medal game against Canada uh, was really, really important. <laughs> that was my next question: Is what was the, what was the <laughs> what was the mindset having to play having to play Russia? You know, two two days in a row. Uh, I mean, to beat them once is is quite a feat, but to have to beat them, uh, like you said, within 24 hours. You know, yeah, it, 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 it was great because you know we're coming off our, our only loss of the tournament uh, was the uh, round robin game versus Canada, a game that we uh, you know we, we we played well, we just didn't do enough things correctly, and what was great, the players were able to recognize that. Um, you know, we were trying to do a little bit, we tried to do too much individually in that game. The players recognized it, so right back against Russia. And, uh, to decide where our semifinal matchup was going to take us. And after beating Russia, the semifinal matchup took us 24 hours later to play Russia again. And a very, very good Russian team. So I think when you look back at uh, a lot of the international accomplishments of USA hockey teams over the years, beating Russia back-to-back within 24 hours to get to the gold medal game uh, is something that uh, we talked about as being a huge, huge boost 
for not only this group of players, but for USA Hockey in general. Absolutely. And uh, so then facing a familiar rival for the gold medal, uh, um, you guys seemed to get off to a fast start in that game. What was, the, what was your message to the team uh, leading up to that game? Well, you know, we had, the, uh, we, we had the benefit of having played Canada before in, in a game that, uh, again, uh, what, we, what we didn't do well in that tournament was, was so, during that first, that first game against Canada, it was, was very glaring. We, we knew that we, we just overhandled pucks and tried to make too many plays individually, and uh, the players were the ones that really picked that out. They knew it. So having that advantage, eh, we needed to play more of a team game, make more plays, um, and we knew exactly who we were going up against. And, you know, I think it's uh, when you look at international hockey, uh, when you, a gold medal game against Canada is something very special. Uh, and that was what we, uh, the players prepared extremely well. They, they learned from the, from the first game. And it was a, uh, just something that went very well. And as far as the start of the game, and momentum just took us all the way through to finishing it off for the gold medal. That's awesome. Awesome. So, so one of my last questions to Scott is, is, so where do these kids go from here? Do they, do they go on to the, the national team development program, some of them? Do they continue playing, you know, you know, being identified in the USA Hockey uh, player development system? How does it all work for these guys now? Well, I think that's a great part of, uh, of this age group. And uh, the neat thing was, you know, these players all came from different programs throughout the United States, different uh, midget teams, different high school teams, different prep school teams. We had all we had all uh, realms of youth hockey at this age group represented. So we, we when we got back into the uh, into the country, a lot of them were, were going to be playing within 48 hours back with their original teams. So now what happens? This is the age group. Some of these players uh, will be invited to the national team development uh, camp, uh, which will take place at the end of March. Uh, some will make the make the NTDP. Some will continue on with their midget careers, their high school careers, and just continue down the whole development path. Uh, again, when you look at uh, development as a whole, patience, you know, of recognizing when players are going to really reach their maximum potential. So it's a uh, it's an exciting time for 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 these for this age group. Uh, a lot of different things will happen over the next three four years. Well, it seems like it's also an exciting time for USA Hockey, and that leads me to my last question. What do you think this victory does, um, you know, for, for, for the organization and for our, you know, the status of, of American hockey on the international stage? Well, I think it's just another uh, real, real positive step. I think there's obviously uh, able to uh, win such a significant international event is uh, another step forward, another growth step for, for USA Hockey as we continue to uh, uh, evolve as a, uh, a national an international hockey power. Uh, but I think ultimately what it does here is it just, again, it gave 17 young players the opportunity uh, to participate in, a, in an event that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, once again, Scott, I want to uh, thank you for taking the time and congratulate you on uh, – on a, a great job over in Lillehammer, and uh, and uh, but once again, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today and sharing some of your uh, your thoughts and experiences from a great a great tournament. Oh, thanks, it, it is important again to to thank the entire staff that we had over there, as well as the 
the parents for, for their support. We had great crowd support. Parents were a big part of it, and, and ultimately the, thanking the players for what they did over the course of two weeks. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, and thank you, everybody out there, for listening to another USA Hockey Magazine podcast. You've been listening to another USA Hockey Magazine podcast produced by Norman Hayward and Mark Burns. Be sure to follow us at usahockeymagazine.com as well as on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.